It's week one, so we have all of our games in front of us and all of the possibilities that brings for the University of Miami football team. So let's get bold. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Countdown three. We are three days away from the Canes running through that smoke for the first time in 2022, taking on the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. We're going to make some bold predictions, guys, because, again, none of our players have any stats yet. No victories, no losses. Miami's undefeated. Uh, we're going to make some bold predictions. And joining us to do that and to talk about so many other things, really a, a great friend of the program and such a great friend to the South Florida community, the man, the myth, the legend, Larry Bluestein. Blue, how are you? I'm doing good, Alex. Uh, much anticipation uh, coming up for uh, this season. Uh, we've, we've. I think the all the talk is over. Now we're going to get a chance to see uh, what uh, Coach Cristobal and his staff have created for this season. And I think uh, you know a lot of the fans uh, just from the outpouring, and you know it is Bethune Cookman, but from all standards uh, and, and everything that I've heard, it uh, we're going to expect a really nice crowd for the opening game. It's kind of an HBCU weekend because of the fact that here's Bethune playing on Saturday and then Florida A&M and Jackson State playing in the same stadium on Sunday. So uh, there's it's, it's a real decent football atmosphere. It's the last week before the NFL starts. So the colleges and especially Miami uh, will be in the spotlight. And, you know, the fans uh, don't have to say, well, I'm going to the Dolphin game tomorrow, so I'm not going to go to the Hurricane game today. I think that you're on Saturday, you're going to see a really nice crowd. I think there's a lot of anticipation, but you know what? The main thing is, is I think everybody in South Florida was there. They were so relieved to have Mario Cristobal that they want to show a lot of support to him and this team. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I know you are as well. I'm chomping at the bit. And yeah, when you talk about attendance, uh, we spoke with Dan Radakovich, the athletic director on Tuesday and he said uh, 50,000 tickets had been distributed. And that was as of Tuesday. So, you know, nice. I'm hoping that there's like a lot of late walk up type of traffic. Maybe people who decide on Thursday or Friday, I'd like to go out and catch the game. Why the heck not? It's the first game under Cristobal. So hopefully the crowd ends up being even better than 50,000. The stadium holds around 65. So hopefully, hopefully we can get something close to that. All right, so uh, I'm going to go on record, and Larry Bluestein is going to go on record here with a bold prediction heading into this 2022 season, and I'm going to read some of the awesome tweets that you guys sent to us. So, Blue, I'm going to go first. I feel like this is a somewhat bold prediction, although after reading some of the tweet responses from our awesome listeners who tweeted us to at Locked on Canes, I'm not nearly as bold as some of y'all out there. Like some of you guys are, are making me feel like, uh, you know, I'm afraid to take a stand on something. But <laughs> I think come December, Tyler Van Dyke will be 
a finalist for the Heisman, and he will be at that ceremony. I believe TVD is going to have that type of a season. I don't think he's going to win the Heisman because ultimately I could see C.J. Stroud more than likely because I think Ohio State's probably going to have an undefeated type of regular season, and he's the front runner anyway. Maybe Bryce Young can win it for a second time. I know that that's difficult to do, but obviously Bama and Ohio State, I just expect them to have better seasons than Miami, which helps the Heisman candidate. But I think TVD is going to stand out so much this year, Blue. I think he's going to be at the ceremony, and I feel better about that over the past week because I think there are signs in practice, and hopefully it carries in to the regular season that the receivers are starting to finally click because they struggled for most of fall camp. Uh, it sounds to me like they've had a really good last week or so of practices, and we know Miami's got great tight ends, uh, running backs who can catch out of the backfield as well. I think the offensive line is going to be improved. So I'm going to go on record saying Tyler Van Dyke will be in New York for the ceremony in December. That's my bold prediction. You got one for me, Blue. Oh, yeah, I do have a bold prediction. And it may not be a stretch of a prediction, but certainly uh, one that is a position of need. Uh, we had talked about the receiver position, um, you know, throughout the entire spring, summer, waiting for somebody to emerge. I think that Xavier Restrepo is going to be the leader in receptions and touchdowns like on the on the team this year. I He knows how to get it into the end zone. He's got ice water in his veins. He's a worker. Uh, he's going to get open. Uh, and I think that being his roommate, uh, Tyler Van Dyke understands, uh, you know, his passion for the game and what he means to the team. And, you know, I, I can't reiterate enough that here's a kid since the youth football league have had an opportunity to watch him and he's always silenced critics with production. And I think that's what's going to happen this year. I think he emerges a lot like Michael Harley last year, although Michael Harley had the benefit of having a pretty good number one receiver uh, to, to kind of shadow but in Rambo. But I think this year uh, with that need, with the two tight ends that really, really have an opportunity to break things open, I think he becomes a very valuable commodity. Uh, he gets the ball in the end zone. And I think he, he's the leading receiver on the team uh, as far as yards and receptions and touchdowns. You know, with Restrepo, uh, this is, I guess, maybe too easy of a comparison to make because of the body types. But do you think he's going to end up having the type of impact that Braxton Berrios had, right? That he'll be he'll end up having that sort of a career at Miami, maybe even better. Well, he's already had the same academic type of career. I mean, both yeah. of them were honor, honor students and, and, uh, beloved in the classroom by all the, you know, by all the, uh, the professors and the doctors who, who, you know, who are uh, teachers at the school. And, and they have already said that this kid is a special young man and very intelligent. And, and, you know, Mario Cristobal is kind of raved. This is a type of guy, even if he was recruiting now that he would take, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of times that you come in and there are guys on the roster that you say to yourself, eh, maybe I wouldn't have taken him. But I think he would have taken him because he likes that type of production. I think with Mario Cristobal, it doesn't, doesn't matter what you look like or what you are. The end result is production. And, and that's what he does. He produces. He's always produced. So that's my bold prediction. I like it. L let me read some of the ones that came in. And by the way, guys. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Canes. 
you follow us, we will follow you back. And if you tweet us, there, there's a decent chance your tweet will get read on the show or at least answered off air. We're going to interact with you in some way, shape, or form. So I threw it out there from the Locked on Canes account. Do you have any bold predictions about Canes football in 2022? Senor Queso says, with the deeper defensive line stepping up and much better coaching, he says the linebackers will see a jump in consistency and production. I'll co-sign on that one, Blue, especially with someone like Charlie Strong coaching those linebackers. And, you know, real quick, Blue, on that note, um, Charlie Strong has been really complimentary of Corey Flagg, who was Miami's leading tackler last year. It's like a lot of Hurricanes fans just like they they still aren't buying into Corey Flagg. I think it's because like he he doesn't. He doesn't look all runway. Like he's he's small. Like he looks very undersized. Right. But he's a really hard worker and he'll make a lot of under the radar tackles that fans maybe don't really notice. And then obviously Caleb Johnson was a huge addition. I think the linebackers, it still may be blue, relatively speaking, probably maybe the weakest position on the team, but I think they're gonna be a lot better. We go back to production, and that's the thing. He he's a producer, as you said, he was the leading tackler last year. I've had to talk with Charlie Strong about the linebacking core, uh, you know, when he were and he and I were together during the spring a lot, and what he expects. And he's and he's he's of that Mario Cristobal school. You could be all the six four and two eighties you want, and uh, but if you don't produce, it, it's kind of a waste. Well, Corey Flags, he's a producer. He's shown where he's always around the ball, and I know a lot of fans that they would embrace. Uh, something positive out of the linebackers, as you said, one of the one of the weak links last year. We couldn't, and 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 how many games did we sit there and watch, whether it be live at at uh, the Hard Rock or on TV, where you go, oh man, we just can't tackle. We're missing. Look at how many tackles we missed. So, I think that's going to play into it. I think because of flag and some of the, like you mentioned, Caleb Johnson and whoever else emerges in the linebacking core, they're going to be a whole lot better tacklers this year because there's a lot of accountability. They've gone over, over and over again, uh, the the importance uh, of being able to tackle. I think if you see missed tackles, it's going to be an address, it's going to be addressed immediately. And that's why it's good that you open up with a team like Bethune Cookman and a team like Southern Mississippi, instead of going right up, you know, to Alabama or playing one of the top tier teams in the country, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're a team like, you know, Texas A&M or one of those schools who have established kids at all the positions, then you go into the fire and you expect more. But Miami's coming off a tough year where their defense was kind of Swiss cheeses mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they really never technically they were horrible in a lot of aspects. So they've gotten a lot better. This will give them two full games uh, to kind of see what they have, evaluate after one game. But I definitely think that the linebacking core is going to improve immensely. Here's some more of you guys' bold predictions. Death Tweeter says, we're going undefeated and beating Clemson twice. See, that tweets like that, Blue or Why, I feel like I wasn't bold enough based on reading some of these tweets out there. Uh, Jacob Hurd says, the offensive line will give up less than 10 sacks this season. He's like taking us to the bat to the days of Ken Dorsey when he had Brian McKinney blocking for him, if that's the case. Theo has one of the boldest, probably the boldest prediction I've seen yet. He says double digit victory over Texas A&M. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably going to be a college game day 
one, Blue. I, I would imagine that your college station mid-September, I think that's going to be the one that college game day goes to that week. Uh, Miami would put the entire country on alert if they if they could if they win the game by one point, the entire country right. would be on alert, let alone double digits. Uh, Covington Kane says Clemson beats us in the regular season, but then we play them again in the ACC championship and get that W. Oh, Wesley Hewitt, he he took my prediction to the next level. He says Tyler Van Dyke Heisman Trophy winner, wow. fifty plus touchdown passes, and the wide receivers actually hold onto the ball this year. Uh, Tom says 11 and one and ACC title playoffs and then lose to UGA in the playoffs. He says, um, Tim Dumas says undefeated national champions with a victory over Alabama reminiscent of the 1983 win over Nebraska. I love you guys. You guys are guzzling the Kool-Aid, but I love, I love yeah, all of you. Yeah, so they much. are. <laughs> Keep the tweet coming. Uh, Troy Patton says we win the ACC with Tyler Van Dyke and the sky's the limit, go Canes. And Polk Kane says, we get our first 1,000-yard rusher since Mark Walton and win the ACC. So, Blue, real quick on that, if Miami does have a 1,000-yard rusher this year, do you think it would be Knighton, Parrish, or maybe a dark horse? Does Thad Franklin get it? I think Don Chaney probably won't play enough games to get it. Uh, so do you think Knighton or Parrish more likely to get to 1,000 yards? Probably Parrish because Knighton is more versatile. He'll catch a lot of balls out of the backfield and kind of get some of his yards uh, you know, out of the backfield and maybe on wheel routes. Uh, great line from scrimmage runner, but I think that Parrish – is one of those guys for a reason, uh, player of the year two years ago in, in uh, Day County. And uh, uh, Ole Miss wanted him so bad uh, that, you know, they they threw everything in to get him. And uh, here he is here. I, so I think he would have the better of the chances to to win that, uh, uh, to win out on, on over a thousand yards. But I think if Miami's doing it right and they play three backs, I don't know if you'll have a thousand yard rusher. I think right. everybody will have in the seven, 800 yard range, which is <laughs> 2,400 yards on the ground, which is not terrible. Uh, by the way, Danny boy Kane says 11 and one this year. Uh, Gabe says, uh, finally, we have a negative one. Gabe says unranked after week three. He's so he thinks, okay. I guess he well. thinks Miami's going to get just shellacked by Tigger. Be like, that's not a top 25 team after that. All right. When we come back, you guys want to keep it locked to locked on Canes because we're joined by the human encyclopedia who has been covering South Florida football for probably longer than he would care to admit he is ageless. And we're going to talk about some specific players, young players on the Miami roster. And I definitely want to talk about a certain standout at Miami Central that the Canes are recruiting heavily and I hope winds up at the U. Larry Bluestein is with us. So you want to keep it locked to Locked on Canes and make sure you keep it locked to Bet Online. Guys, I am on Bet Online every single day because it's your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free on all the podcast platforms like Odyssey, 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also available free on YouTube. And guys, remember our goal. We want to get over 5,000 YouTube subscribers by the Texas A&M game September 17th. We've been growing steadily. We're over 4,500 subscribers. So please spread the word. Tell your friends. And if you watch these and you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, what are you waiting for, man? Let's get to 5K. Let's go. Larry Bluestein is with us. Uh, 560 WQAM. He does an awesome job on the South Florida High School Sports Show and on the Sixth Ring Cane show on the five reasons sports network blue is he's just an encyclopedia of information blue before we get into some specific players young players on miami's roster and some recruits out there class of 2023 targets i want to ask you so we've got fall camp in the books couple days away few days away from game day for miami ha- has have any of the developments in fall camp have you changed maybe your win-loss prediction for miami because i'm i'm feeling a little bit more solidified okay uh, heading into fall camp, I think I was saying 10 wins, including a bowl game. Now, I think Miami can get to 10 regular season wins. It'll be difficult because I think they've got to win one of the two very difficult games because they'll probably lose to somebody they're not supposed to lose to. So if they can steal a win either at Texas A&M or at Clemson, and I think Miami might stumble maybe against Virginia or someone else in the ACC, uh, but just with the defensive line depth, the O-line improving. Um, the wide receivers have been, I think, mostly an issue, but I'm feeling a little bit better about that now. I feel great about Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, I'm more bullish on Miami now than I was a month ago. Have your opinions changed based on fall camp? To be honest with you, I I, I came out of uh, or went into to spring and I came out thinking the same thing, basically to allude to what you just said. Uh, you can't really go into any of those big games with any ifs. And they do have an if at wide receiver. Uh, there's not a lot of depth at linebacker, which means they they could get exploited. I'm sure there's offensive coordinators that were, are going to watch how Miami plays. Uh, obviously not in the first two games, but uh, some of the other games, A&M is going to be a real telltale type of contest. I came in thinking they'd win eight, they'd win a bowl game, they'd win nine. And you go at the end of the day, that's an awesome thing because you keep all your recruits. You're in a situation to, to play for a an ACC title. Um, it's just like you said, Texas A&M is going to be tough. Clemson, as we know, was always tough. And then there's those games like you, you never know against Virginia or Virginia Tech or any of the contests like that. Last year, the unexpected loss to Florida State. Obviously, oh. Miami wants to get that back. It's at home. But – I'm with you in the fact that there's going to be one of those games that a lot of fans sit here and don't figure a North Carolina or one of those kind of Georgia tech, somebody who could bite you in the tail when you're not, you know, at least expecting and maybe exploit some of your weaknesses. But I think to get to eight wins and then win a bowl game, which that hasn't been, you know, Miami and winning in the, in the postseason hasn't been synonymous. Uh, so and I think that's a real realistic view. And as we go on during the season and you and I, you know, we'll talk more and we'll, you know, be on, uh, on locked on canes uh, again. And we'll, we'll either update it mostly positive and say, you know, when I yeah. said eight wins, maybe they're going to win nine or maybe they're going to win 10, but uh, we'll reevaluate it. But I, I go in thinking you can't really have any ifs if you, plan to win 10 and 11 games really when you think about it if you win okay. 10 and 11 games there can't be any 
if that receiver catches the ball or if that linebacker starts making plays. Uh, that's that's my only you know reality check. Other than that, I like to say that they're going to be eleven and zero and you know and play for a, a national title. But the reality of it this year may not be. But a year from now, when we're sitting here, that reality may certainly be in place, especially with that incoming freshman class to add depth for next year. Yep. I, but realistically, I, I maintained it during the spring and throughout the spring that I'd like to see them win eight games, win the, win the, uh, be in the ACC playoff game and, uh, and, and win a, and, and you never know if they win the ACC playoff game, they could reach 10, 10 wins. You know, many, if not most of the players on this Miami roster are guys you covered in high school. Um, and I want to talk about some young players, uh, even a couple of veterans who are stepping up and kind of your insight on them. Let's start with Nigel Lee Kelly, who I, I know you covered in high school. And he's he's actually still high school age. Like he's not even 18 years old <laughs> yet. And he's turning a ton of heads rushing off that edge. I mean, they, they describe this guy as a freak. What was your experience covering Nigel Leak and, and how good do you think he's going to be at Miami? Well, there was a reason why FSU got on him and, and offered him as a 10th grader because they saw a lot of the things for the future that when he grows up, remember, he was like, I think, 190 as a sophomore. And then all of a sudden he started getting bigger and his his length is amazing. His athleticism is just superior to a lot of people. And when he got when Miami got got his signature i said uh, on on our show and a couple of other shows i said that is a huge steal for miami because that kid has alabama um, uh, type of talent he has ohio state type of talent and for miami to get away and get somebody like that is huge um i think he's progressing to the point where at this time next year he's going to be one one of the most promising players perhaps on the entire defense what about um, now this guy over in uh, in Fort Myers? And I know you get around the state a lot. Right. Malik Curtis, who went to uh, Bishop Vero in Fort Myers, uh, he's heading into his sophomore season. And anytime you ask coaches who's stepping up, who's popping in the defensive backfield, or if you ask players, because Tyler Van Dyke talked about him yesterday as well, Malik Curtis and his speed and his instincts always get brought up. What can Miami fans expect from this guy this year? Well, remember when he came out of high school or when he was in high school, he was like a three-way player. He played on offense. He played on defense. He was a special teams freak. He could he could return the ball. It's just tough to get a kid like that because he's really, you know, when I look back at a Duke Johnson and where he was a four- or five-star running back, he was also a four- or five-star cornerback. A type of player. And it's not easy to get guys who are far superior, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. I think Malik is like that. Not only his speed, but he's a very intelligent player. Uh, he plays with a purpose. Um, and, and I'm telling you, he could lift you with one big play. And that's what Miami's looking for. You know, I mean, he here's a guy that on the in the defensive side of the ball, he reads and anticipates. He's got loose hips. So he he's his head like a linebacker as a head's on a swivel. He plays extremely well. So I I like him a lot. Uh, anything he does is not going to surprise me. But Miami was looking for a playmaker, Alex, when they when they brought him uh, in. And I think they got it. And uh, they're hitting hitting on all sal cylinders. I talked to former Hurricane Dallas Crawford, uh, South Fort Myers guy who knows and watched him and uh, said the same thing. I mean, this kid is is gold. When he reaches his potential, he's going to be one of the top guys on that on that defense like Nigel Leak is. 
I think I think a player who uh, and this is last chance saloon for him as a fifth year senior, but I think a guy who's finally going to reach his potential, at least it's looking that way. Another player coaches are raving about fifth year senior cornerback DJ Ivy out of South Dade. Uh, you know, Blue, he's had his ups and downs at Miami, but maybe he just connects really well with Coach Adai and connects really well with Kevin Steele's uh, formations because all the coaches are raving about DJ. And from what I've been able to see in practice, he's standing out. Yeah. Well, here's the type of kid, too. And I I got a chance to watch him at South Day plenty. The one thing about him, he's going to be a coach someday, no doubt about it. He's an intelligent young man. I watched it. He's like one of the great teammates. And I, I think when Miami was recruiting him and when they signed him, um, I, you know, I was asked about him. And I says, you know, I could relate one story about him that I remember. Here he was before the game going around making sure everybody's shoulder pads were on right. He would go behind the, the kids and pull down their shirts. And during the game, even though he was immersed into the game, he'd come on and tell all the young kids, make sure you're getting a lot of water. And and you don't teach that. You know, that, that that's a team player. And that's the one thing that I know that Manny Diaz and the staff had talked about. I mean, this kid, when he becomes a, a real good football player, he's going to have everything because – He's already a tremendous teammate, and I can't stress the importance of of somebody like that, especially a guy who's 22 years old, being that ultimate role model, that teammate, that guy that will never be in trouble, will always be in the grace, good graces of all the uh, of all his teachers, and you know, in in the classroom, and uh, and and everybody likes him. There's no, he's one of those guys that everybody respects. So. I think he has a really, really, really good year. But at the same time, he's going to serve a purpose as being another coach on the field. And when he's not in, I'm sure he's going to partake all his wisdom and his experiences with the with the other football players, because that's what a team player does. This is the kind of insight you can only get from Larry Bluestein. And when we come back, yes, we are going to talk about Reuben Bain, who, man, I hope Bain becomes a cane. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free wherever you get your podcast. It's game week. Blue, uh, let's go off the beaten path just a little bit because this player is not currently wearing orange and green. We hope he uh, he comes to Miami someday. Miami Central, Reuben Bain, who's been he's been considered one of the top defensive linemen in the class for a while, but his stock continues to rise. He had a really good game against IMG uh, a couple of weeks ago, had three sacks, I believe, in that one. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure all the IMG guys were, were trying to recruit him because like half of that roster in Miami Hurricanes commits now. Uh, and Bain, he's a Miami legacy. So I would take it personally if he ends up somewhere else. Do you think he's going to be a cane? Well, you got the green part, right? He does wear green now. And then obviously Miami's looking at that orange. I think the thing is, is between you and I and everybody else listening, this is a kid that uh, he's a gamer and not only a gamer on the field, but off the field, another character kid. I mean, it, you can't teach that. It's just hard. Comes from a great family. Dad's a big time guy. I, I know him very well. Um, anybody you talk to uh, the principal, Mr. Sands, you talk to any of the administration, uh, you talk to coach Jube Joseph, and they'll all talk to you, tell you not just about his play, but the character that he brings. And I, and I tell you this because when, when college coaches always ask me about a player, they could see the YouTube or the, or the uh, huddle videos for themselves. 
They want to know, what does he lend to the team as far as his character? Is he the type of guy that's going to be, you know, be helpful or is he going to be selfish? And, and with him, it's a no brainer. And yes, you're right. He had a really good game. They put our friend Francis Margot on him a couple of times and uh, held his own once or twice. But then, uh, Ruben is just a, a, a tremendous athlete. So he he moved all around. He wasn't pigeonholed to one side in that game, and that's why he came up with three sacks and, and five tackles, two for, two other ones for loss. And, yeah, he's he's a different level kid, and we know it. I mean, you know, as we would say, he's, he's an Alabama guy. He's an Ohio State guy. And if he becomes a Miami guy, I think Miami starts getting in that conversation as one of the top, places to go because look, you have one of the premier offensive linemen now. And I watched Mauagoa last week and he reminds me a lot about Evan Neal. So Ooh. if that's the case, and Evan Neal was a first round draft pick. So uh, he's really good. And, and certainly you, you took, take a look at a, a Ruben Bain who actually wants to be a film and TV director at the, at the next level. He, that's his interest. Uh, our good friend, Mike Cuno from CBS four, did a great uh, interview with him for the uh, Nat Moore trophy one of, as one of the candidates. And that's one of the things he stressed is, you know what, education is hugely important to him. And uh, that's great when you get a guy, because not only do you have, when, when you get into college, Alex, all the, the football people, uh, singing his praises, but when the academic world uh, starts saying, and uh, uh, Julio Frank starts talking about him, then you've got a guy that that's a keeper. Oh, this is tremendous stuff. Um, I could talk to this man all day. It's why we're definitely going to be having him back on throughout the season. Larry Bluestein. You see where to follow him on Twitter at Larry Bluestein. Check him out Monday nights. Uh, one of the best, most informative shows out there for those who keep up with South Florida high school sports and recruiting. Larry Bluestein is the guy. So check him out Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. on 560 WQAM. Check him out on the Six Ring Hurricane Show. Uh, is that that's a Wednesday night still, right, right. Blue? It's, uh, yeah, we're going to be moving it to Monday for the season. It'll be nice. at 830 on Mondays just to kind of get everybody, uh, you know, ready for the week ahead. And, uh, yeah, they, I'll tell you what, DJ and, and uh, Vish and, and uh, Jazz Santana do an awesome job. They have everything. They go to events. You see, that's the difference. A lot of these people who are on these uh, podcasts don't go to a lot right. of things, but all of them do, especially uh, Jazz and uh yeah, it's a great show. We're on there for an hour. We have guests and and certainly break everything uh, hurricanes down. Love it. So make sure you support Blue and guys, make sure you keep supporting Locked on Canes as well. And the entire network, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked on Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from our friend Lee Sterling of Locked on Bets, all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, Guys, we will continue our week one previews over the next couple days, so make sure you keep watching, listening, and supporting Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.